If you have your Bibles, um, <clears throat> we're going to go to Psalm chapter 1, predominantly will be where we read. I'll also read from uh, Galatians, and then Ecclesiastes also, we'll touch Ecclesiastes and Leviticus. Um, but, so, <clears throat> today I want to preach you under this title, Changing Seasons, Changing Seasons, and um, you know, at the end of service, we'll we'll take a little time for the Spirit of God to speak to us. Uh, but I, I really feel today that this should be a faith encouraging building message, and uh, that is my aim for today. Uh, we just got back from a trip to Louisiana, to Alexandria, Louisiana, around the central part of the state, and uh, that's where. Uh, my family is all from. My mom grew up just south of Alexandria. My dad grew up just north of Alexandria. And uh, they met in the middle in Alexandria and uh, started dating there. And my mom's parents, um, both both set of grandparents, was a very different kind of lifestyle. So the south side of Alexandria was more uh, agriculture type of country, a lot of uh, soybean fields and cotton farms and things like that. On the north side, well, they did have some of that. They did not have as much. Majority of it was um, forest area, and so there was a lot of logging, wood cutting, uh, and then also it was oil country. And so my uh, my dad's father, he worked in oil for most of his life. He started out in in wood, and he cut off his finger. So I think he decided to go into oil after that. <laughs> but um, my mom's side of the family, uh, my grandfather was a an electric line man, and his real real passion was farming. And uh, he he waited until the day that he could retire. And that day, when it came, he retired immediately, and he went to farming, and uh, had always done some farming, but. Uh, started pushing into a little bit bigger scale at that point. And as a kid, um, he was already retired whenever I came along. But I can remember my parents were so gracious and good to us, they would send us and we would spend uh, a major part of summer, my brother and I, at either grandparents' home. And so uh, this particular grandfather, my Paul, as I would refer to him, he was called Paul Paul. Uh, he was a farmer, and uh, I really enjoyed the mornings there. It was they would, they would wake up at the same time every day, and they would cook a, a nice breakfast. We'd sit down and we'd eat the breakfast, and there was never anything rushed about the day. They didn't rush to get to the chores or to the work. Uh, it was more kind of a patient. Uh, pushing forward, knowing you were going to have things to get done, but they would get done, and just kind of intently working throughout the day. And so I, I noticed this as a kid growing up, that my pawpaw would walk intently, but he was walking patiently. He never rushed anywhere. My dad at the time was a president of a college, and um, of a business college in Louisiana, 
And, I mean, he was always on the run. He was rushing everywhere. So, you know, these little things stand out to you as a kid. You notice some things that are different. And so my, my grandfather, my Paul, they never woke up any morning hurrying to get into the day's work. And there were things that always needed to be done, but it was never, ever rushed. It was just patiently working throughout the day. And what did not get accomplished would get accomplished the next day. So it was never a rush. And I noticed that, this, this farmer, and, and you look at many farmers, they're never really in a hurry. They're never really in a hurry. Because, and I, and I think the reason is because they understand something that maybe we miss. And that is this, when you're a farmer, everything hinges on a season. So there's a certain season for every part of your year. And as long as you get the work done in that season that needs to be done, then you're okay. There's a season where you can break up the ground. And there's a season where you plant. And there's a season where you wait because you're waiting for growth. And then there's a season for harvest. And there was even a season where he would let the ground rest. And I can remember uh, one summer being there and, and the, the field being on this side, that's what we're working, and then come back the next year and it's over here. We're on this side. And letting the ground rest. And I can remember occasionally, you know, when we were planting seeds, there would be times where he would say, now today we have to get this planting done because the next two to three days it's going to rain. And we don't want to have to wait till after the rain. But most of the time there was never a rush on. And the reason is because you cannot rush the season. And you cannot force a season to change. Seasons come and seasons go. They're not in your control and they're not in my control. Seasons are only in the control of God's hand. And so I want to preach to you about changing seasons. Changing seasons. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Psalm chapter 1, which was kind of the inspiration of this sermon, reading at verse 1, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, its fruit, in its season. Everyone say season. It brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly 
shall perish. I want to read another scripture to you, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 2 through 5. These are the words of the Lord uh, given to Moses. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And notice what he says right here. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. Notice he's talking about seasons. You're going to have a season of vintage. You're going to have a season of sowing. You're going to have a season of rain. He says, you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. There are many seasons that our life will go through. We're going to have times where we struggle, and we're going to have times where we're sorrowful. We're going to have times where we are frustrated, and we're going to have times of joy, and we're going to have times of peace and comfort, and there are going to be times where it just seems like every day is a struggle because life has many Seasons. It may be that you're in a season of breaking up the soil in your life. And I can remember that breaking up soil with my pawpaw was, uh, it was not the easiest to work. We were out in the sun all day. Thank the Lord we had tractors. But I cannot imagine what it must have been like to stand behind a mule or an animal and try and bust up the ground. Because that would be a back-breaking struggle with the land. But sometimes in life, you go through a season where you feel like you're in a back-breaking struggle against life. And there's seasons of sowing. It's where you get out and you start putting the seed into the soil. And you know you're making preparation for something, but you're you're not going to see it happen right away. It's a sowing season. And then there are seasons that are growing seasons, and this season often seems just like you're waiting. You're waiting around for the seed that you've planted to come up and and start to look like something is happening. And what you're having to do is you let the rain and the sun do some of its work. But you're waiting because it's got to be a growing season. And then there are seasons of harvest where you enjoy the fruit that's been produced from all of the work of the previous seasons. Now, notice this. I mentioned four seasons, breaking up soil, sowing, growing, and harvest. Only one of those seasons really is a season of joy, the harvest. Because that's whenever you have the excitement of seeing what's been produced and what's coming in. Only one season is the part that's going to be enjoyed. All of the rest of the seasons, it's about getting to that harvest. And I'm finding more and more life is like that. There are seasons where you go through and it's really, you're just enduring trying to get to that season of harvest and how we would love to live in a season of harvest, but that's just not possible. There are seasons in life that come that we're going to be breaking our back, that we're going to be struggling, that we're going to be waiting even though we're not patient and don't want to wait. We're waiting for something to grow and come about so that we can get to that harvest. But here's what I want to talk to you about today. 
one season does not determine your life. One season does not determine your life. Because seasons change. Where you are right now is not where you're going to be forever. Because the season is going to change. Your season will change. And so if you're frustrated right now, just wait because your season is going to change. Maybe you're in adversity right now, but your season, if you wait around, it's going to change. Maybe you're struggling right now. Just wait. The season is going to change. Or maybe you're experiencing the joy of a harvest, of a hard-fought harvest that's coming in. And I don't want to discourage you, but I want to tell you, be prepared. You're going to have to sow some more. You're going to have to do some more things because the season of harvest does not last forever. Seasons change, and you need to be ready for the next season that's coming your way. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Notice what he says. He says, you're going to reap a harvest, but he immediately follows that up with, don't get tired of doing good. In another way, what he was saying is, don't get tired of sowing. Don't get tired of having to wait for it to grow. Don't get tired of breaking up the soil. Don't get tired of the other three seasons because there's a harvest coming. And the next thing he says is, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Your season is going to change. So don't give in to the frustration or the temptation to quit or the temptation to slack up. You keep doing what you know to do that is good. You keep doing that, and in due season, you're going to reap. So you may be in a season of struggle right now, but it's not always going to be so. The season is going to change. The thing you're waiting on to come through, it's going to happen because there's a season of change coming. The thing you've been looking forward to that you need to happen for your life to progress on and move forward, that season of change is coming. You just hang in there. This is what we need to understand. The power of God at work in our lives can most often be associated not with our mountaintop experiences, but with struggle and with pain and with suffering and with trials and with adversity and with valleys of life. That's where the power of God works in our lives. Jacob, when he left wrestling with the angel of the Lord, he limped. He limped away from that meeting. It was permanent. And with him, for the rest of his life, he would limp. But he limped because he came in contact with the power of God. His season had changed. God had changed his name from Jacob, the supplanter, the stealer, to Israel. 
a man with power with God and men. That's what his name became because he experienced a season change. But first, he struggled with an angel. He wrestled all until the break of day. And that wrestling, that fighting, that struggling, it left him marked. It left him with a limp because he came in contact with the power of God. Just know that when God truly uses a person, that blessing is most often born out of adversity. It comes out of struggles. It comes out of the trial. It comes out of the pain and the suffering. The stories that touch us is not the person standing on the mountaintop and we say, how'd you get up there? And they said, there's an elevator on the other side. It's the person standing on the mountaintop who say, how did you get up there? And they say, well, I started climbing. And then it got treacherous. And I thought I was going to die. And I fell a few times. And I, fortunately, I, you know, I got hurt, but I didn't die. I kept climbing. And I got to the peak of the mountain. Those are the stories that minister to us. It's not the person who says, well, you know, I never had cancer, and so I can tell you that cancer, you're going to be okay going through it. That doesn't help. What helps is the person who says, I survived cancer. I got a healing from cancer. I recovered from cancer. That's the person that helps the person who has cancer. The people that say, my marriage is great, no one reads a book that the marriage person says, I've perfected marriage. We've never had any problems the entire time we've been married. No, we read the books where they talk about how they messed up, they struggled, and what they did to fix the struggle and resolve the conflict. All of these things are born out of a time of adversity and struggle. What you need to understand is that God will use your tough season to help someone else. And before he takes you high, he will always take you low. And before victory comes, there will always be a battle. And before every sunrise, there is always going to be a night to endure. And before there's a resurrection, there's a hill called Calvary that must be climbed and a cross that must be carried. And so God chooses to take us through our isolations. He allows us to go through our struggles. He takes us through sicknesses and disease. And he takes us through places that we look around and we think that we have been forsaken and forgotten, that no one is there for us. Yet the whole time he's right there beside us. And he's taking you to your destiny. Destiny. But the path to destiny is not easy. Because when God is going to take you to the promised land, 
first he's going to take you through a desert. And I've wondered why. Why is this? If we go back to reading Psalm chapter 1, it talks about all of the good things that are going to happen for the person who meditates on his law and who 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 does the things of God, who is obedient, the person who aligns themselves with the Word of God. And then it talks about the person who is unrighteous and the struggle they're going to have and how they won't see the fruit produced in their life. And I've often asked, Lord, sometimes I feel like, and I know we've asked this question. How many of us will admit we've asked this question? God, am I unrighteous? Did I sin? Because I'm going through something. Did I deserve this? What did I do to deserve this? Because sometimes it looks like the life of the righteous and the life of the unrighteous can go through the same junk and produce sometimes the same fruit. So I've asked, why? Why, God? Do you do this? It won't always be a desert. The season will change. You'll get to the promised land. And the struggle you endure now, when the season changes, it's going to bring with it the sweet fruit of the harvest. But still, why? Why does God allow this? some reasons that he allows this. First, I think he allows this so that we become enemy-proof, so that the devil cannot steal from us what God intends for us to have. Some things in life just devil-proof us. And then some seasons, we go through those seasons so that we're just less impressed with the flesh And we hunger more for spiritual things. How many of us us have ever done this? I know most of us don't because we're super disciplined, but I'm not one of those people. You've got a dessert in the fridge. Maybe you had some guests over. Maybe you just saw it in the store. You thought, man, I got to try that. And you bought it. And it's in the fridge, and you eat it. You take, you know, you you eat that piece of, I'm going to say cheesecake, because that's like one of my favorite things. You eat some cheesecake. And you go on about work, you do do your business, you're doing whatever, and, and then you're like, oh, man, I need to eat lunch. Oh, I got cheesecake in the fridge. And you don't eat lunch, you eat cheesecake. How many of us will admit? (laughs) And, and And it feels good. We like it. A couple hours go by, you're like, oh, I want some coffee. You know what goes good with coffee? Cheesecake. And so you eat another piece. Surely I'm not the only person that's done the third piece. I will eat the whole thing, too. Don't leave a dessert around my house. It'll get ate up quick, and I'll blame the kids. (laughs) But, you know, by the end of that, and it's been good. It's been tasty. It's wonderful. 
by the end of it, I'm thinking, I really need to eat a salad. I need something better than what I've been eating. And I don't feel like eating a steak. That just seems too heavy. And I don't really want any bread. I feel like my body's saying, you've had enough sugar and carbs. Why? Because I had so much of something that I got ready for something else. So God will take us through these seasons. Maybe it's spiritual dryness. Maybe it's a spiritual desert. And it's really just so we'll get less impressed with the flesh and we'll get more hungry for some spiritual things. Or some seasons, he takes us through some seasons so that we'll further separate ourselves from this world. And we'll start to realize the things of this world that are trying to hold us back and keep us from what he wants in our life. He'll allow those things so that we get further from the world. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world. I don't need any of it. Give me Jesus. I want to talk about some seasons that I see in the Scripture. David's life went through seasons. One season, David was an isolated shepherd boy protecting the sheep from bears and lions. But in the very next season, he was a giant killer. He was a mighty warrior. And they would say, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands. But another season came. And he was a fugitive in a cave, dwelling there, trying to survive, to escape the hand of Saul. And in the very next season, he went from being in a cave to being in a king's throne. Your season will change. Your season will change. Ruth is another great example. In one season, Ruth was a wife and daughter-in-law. In the next season, she was a widow. She was working in fields of wheat for survival to keep her and her mother-in-law alive. And then another season came where she owned the field that she'd been trying to struggle for survival in. Your season will change. Elijah, in one season, he was hiding in caves with a hundred other prophets being fed bread and water and went to a widow and her son that would feed him cakes and keep him alive. To the next season, he's calling down fire from the heavens at Mount Carmel and consuming a sacrifice and slaughtering the, Baal, the prophets of Baal like a mighty man of God that he was. To the next season, hiding from the queen, living off whatever the crows would bring him. Your season is going to change. Paul is an excellent example of how we cannot judge a person by their season because in one season as Saul, he persecuted the church, but in the next season as Paul, he was promoting it. Seasons change and your season is going to change you're not defined by where you are right now 
your season is going to change, and a harvest is going to come your way. So whatever season you find yourself in, maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're isolated, maybe you're struggling, maybe you're enduring some adversity, your season is going to change. There is a season change coming your way. It's not going to stay like it is right now. But the question is, What are we doing during this season to prepare for the changing that's coming? Am I sowing the things I need to sow? Am I in the Word of God? Am I praying? Am I fasting? Am I sowing to the spiritual man and not to the flesh? Am I preparing for the season that's coming? Because the season is going to change. And here's the thing, if you can stand with me. Here's the thing about seasons. They can go slow. And there's no way to break life from that. Now, I'm a, I'm a goal-oriented person. Who else is a goal-oriented person here? You like to write it down. And you like to strike it through when it's accomplished. I'm goal-oriented. But you know something I found, there are certain times in life where it doesn't matter what my goal is. Life has set a certain season for me. And I'm going to get less done. Holiday season. was not that, well, look, now you're saved and, and, you know, all your problems, poof, gone. No, what he did promise is he said, whatever season you find yourself in, that season's going to change. You may be in a desert season right now, but there's a promised land right on the other side of Jordan. You, You may be walking through a season right now where you're dwelling in caves and you're trying to survive, but there's a day coming where you're going to be the king on the throne. You may be just trying to gather up up enough wheat that's left behind behind the workers just to survive. You're you're living hand to mouth. It's day to day. There's a season coming where you'll own the field. Your season is going to change. I feel like you're on the run right now, but there's a season coming where you'll stand on top of the mountain and you'll say the name. Fire will fall and consume it all. Your season is going to change. We worship the Lord for just a minute. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit, Lord, that confirms 
pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would speak to us today. Whatever season we find ourselves in, you've got another season coming. Maybe we're waiting on the growth to happen. We're looking for the fruit. We're having to be patient, but that season is coming. We're going to get a harvest. Maybe we're having to sow some things. It's so frustrating, and it's so lonely, and it's so isolating. But a season change is coming. If you let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you for just a moment.